another episode of Leaving Legacy. My name is Patrick. I am your Legacy newbie with me today. You have Mr. Jeremy. What's going on, man? Not much, Pat. How you doing? Doing all right. My esteemed colleague and well-known writer and <laughs> lover of... Yeah, uh, I'm right up there with Hemingway. Lover of uh, barbecue. <laughs> I'm a little barbecued out, but uh, I'm still ready to talk about you know some, some Louisville action. Still did, recovering from Louisville a little bit, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, we just didn't get enough of it last week. We need to bring it on home this week. Well, last week, Alex was kind enough to regale us with tales of uh, bringing um, Blue Black Reanimator to an 11th place finish at GP Louisville, but we actually didn't get a chance to talk much about the event itself. Yeah, um, the, so the 50,000 foot view, as uh, one of my old professors like to call it. <laughs> We're going to go macro this episode. Macro. <laughs> so uh, the Louisville meta... Um, there was basically no blue decks there, right? Isn't that what we were talking about earlier? There was no blue decks in the in day two. Yeah. Or was it all blue decks? Oh, I, I believe it was all blue decks. It was, oh, all blue decks. It, okay. it was. It was like every every single deck was blue, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so even uh, even the lands deck, the lands deck just ran some blue cards just because. Not so, really. Not really. We know that Redo took it down with a uh, true name nemesis Sultai, as they're calling it, which is just a <coughs> fantastic name. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doesn't get more creative than that. Gotta love um, those descriptive deck names that you know bring understanding to the format to new players. <laughs> oh yeah, you love those. Can't, um, can't tell my voice is dripping with sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> but we did have a uh, we did have so so coming in um, eighth we had death and taxes which we expected death and taxes to kind of show up there. Um, Sneaky show coming in seventh. There was a rug delver coming in sixth. Um, Grixis Delver took down uh, fourth and fifth. Miracles, piloted by Brian Bronduin, came in third. Um, and the finals was Andrew Solano playing Black Red Reanimator versus Reed Duke on True Name Nemesis, True Name Nemesis Sultai. So, uh, pretty cool top eight. I have to correct you, though, Pat. Uh, you, you made a slight error. It, it was it was Bug Delver. Oh, Bug, a... right. Ah, I, see, I, I, can't, I, I hate fucking Sultai <laughs> and Bardu and Cheskai. And... I had to pull up the deck list because I'm like, do I not know what Sultai means anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bug Delver. Uh, oh, Bug well, Delver. speaking, before before we forget, we, we have a, an editor's Ooh. correction. We have a corrections corner today. That's correct. <laughs> Would you like to uh, break it down? Yeah, sure. So we had a few. We uh, last week with talking with Alex, uh, he had kind of talked about a uh, position he was in where he wasn't sure if he could use like the berserk trick to kill an opponent's creature that was kind of locking him out of the game. And uh, we had a few people um, send us uh, messages on Twitter and a few on Reddit too. And uh, we just wanted to kind of clarify how berserk works on creatures. Uh, so basically, you you can't berserk the creature post combat. Uh, you know, like pre damage. Um, it has to be during declare attackers. And so, essentially, you're going to take it on the chin if you Berserk a, an opponent's attacking creature, right? Right. It Berserk specifically says, I believe I'm pulling it up right now. I apparently don't know how to spell Berserk. That is a spelling <laughs> B word. B-E-S-E-A-R? B-E-R. Isn't it B-E-R-S-E-R-K? Oh, yeah. B-E-R-E-F. Now I'm all confused. Burz. That doesn't look right. Oh, there we go. <laughs> B-E-R-S-E-R-K. Final answer. <laughs> Berserk uh, specifically says, uh, this spell cannot be cast after the attack step has been completed. Right. Which I'm pretty sure Oracle has changed it since then. But basically, you have to Berserk uh, before blockers are declared. So... 
It's a trick, but it's not a tricky trick. You can't do it like... Yeah, you can't do it after declare blockers or anything like that, so... Right, right. So it has to be uh, early on in the attack step in order for it right. to work. So. Right. We, we didn't catch that. Uh, that was our mistake. So well, I do appreciate when people people call us out on that stuff because it's always good to um, correct ourselves when we have uh, errors. You know, we I, we didn't catch it live, and then we I totally missed it when, we, when I was editing, so we... Uh, We'll fix that one for you guys. <laughs> and I mean, apparently they uh, they didn't catch it while they were playing the game either. So <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think you ever actually used it. So I I don't think they uh, it ever had work, coming work up. The, but yeah, yeah, worked that way. But yeah. yeah, so I mean, but that's also just how it happens in, in just playing in tournaments and just you know F and M's. Uh, you know, that's how you learn about these rules interactions because mm-hmm. you know, hey, it turns out magic is a complicated game. Things happen. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? But, yes, thank you to all the people who pointed it out to us. Uh, it was uh, helpful. Thanks. Yes, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about uh, day two at GP Louisville. Um, we saw quite a few Miracles decks in day two. Um, I think this is actually, let me just make sure, this is the, yeah, this is all of day two decks. Looks like there were 17 copies of Miracles in day two. 12 copies of Bug Delver. Uh, ten copies of Sneaker Show, nine Death and Taxes, six Elves, uh, six Infect, and then everything else is fives and fours and less. Um, Four Color Devil was still up there. Omni Show was up there. Um, Eldrazi only coming in with two decks in day two, mm-hmm. um, so that's certainly taken a, a big shot in the uh, in the meta. Um, two co- uh, three copies of Black Red Reanimator, which is interesting because. Uh, I would have thought that would have been more popular in day two, but yeah, as Alex was saying in the last episode, um, there was only a couple reanimator decks in all of day two. You know, black, red, and blue, black. Yep. So yeah, and, and blue, black wasn't even on this list of um, of decks, so it had less than it had. I think he was the only, may have been the only blue, black reanimator player there. So. Yeah, I believe so. I think that's correct. Um, that kind of goes, I'd be interested, uh, to take the time machine back to the episode we were calling predictions, but I feel we, we kind of predicted this for the most part. You know, we said Miracles was going to be a big part of it. We said Sneak and Show was going to be a big part of it. Um, I didn't think, uh, Eldrazi was going to be that big, but I know that's, that's your darling, Pat, so. Well, I will tell you exactly what we said for our picks for the GP Top 8. Oh, really? You, you yes. came prepared. <laughs> I did. Um, so I predicted, uh, us to see, well, let's go, we'll, we'll tell you what i i'll read what i wrote and then i'll tell you what you uh called um you i said that we'd see infect storm miracles grixis um in the uh in the top top eight um i expected some kind of prison deck to top 16 which i don't think that actually happened because um, I, I guess the um <laughs> the uh talk guys didn't get in the uh, top 16 down there because we would have seen some sweet prison decks if they had um and then i had one more DFT top sixteen. I have no fucking clue what that means. Though. DFT. Oh no no no. Death and taxes. I'm sorry. Oh there we go. Death that makes taxes. more sense. <laughs> uh, so they actually death and taxes did top eight. So that was not a bad call shot there. Uh, you expected one or two miracles decks in the top eight, uh, which there was one in third and one that finished in tenth. So that was a good call. Um, you expected sneak and show, which absolutely top eight. It was game in seventh. You, you expected Eldrazi to top sixteen, which I don't think we actually saw Eldrazi even in the top 32. If I remember my wording, I, I said I would be 
I would be surprised if it top aided, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it in the top sixteen. I, I gave right. it I gave it the in. It could it, No, you're totally right. You're totally right. It, um it, I was just, you know, playing to my odds. <laughs> you said maybe no Delver, and that was that was, that was wrong. Yeah, that was blatantly incorrect. <laughs> um and uh we did not see Monoglo- mono blue paradoxical outcome, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I could have sworn that would have won the entire tournament. <laughs> We'll wait for the next one. We'll wait for the next one. Yeah, well, I just my article just came out writing about that deck on uh, Hipsters of the Coast, and people seem to like it. So maybe maybe I'm going to start a movement. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> so um, a pretty a, a fairly diverse uh, day two that we saw um, at Louisville. Still a lot of Miracles decks. Um, Bug Delver, I think, driven by the popularity, uh, the uh, um, allure of playing. Uh, uh, Leovold, right? Yeah. You think you think that's I, what pushes it? I think Leovold had a much bigger impact on the meta than we gave it credit for, um, mm. because we, I, if I remember correctly, we were both kind of coming at it from the Grixis angle, um, yeah. Which I mean, definitely put up numbers, uh, you know, two in the top eight. Uh, but I, just also, I remember being on the floor of the GP, and I saw Leovold fucking everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, even the top 32, you can see a lot of Salty Delver decks. Yep. I remember we got there on Friday, and Leovold was a $30 card, and by the end of the day, Friday, Saturday morning, it was a $60 card. Yeah, I mean, online right now, it looks like it's $52.90. Um, paper price... Fifty bucks right now on uh, on MTG Goldfish, so yeah, I, uh, that I has it, gone up significantly. I saw it buy listing at uh, like forty five dollars, fifty dollars wow. at the GT. So I'm thinking that 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 means that dealers are expecting that to go up even higher. So if you have boxes of conspiracy too, uh, it's basically like. You're going to make money on the box, right? It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that was like a short-term buy list, just so because the dealers, they knew it was the hot card for the GP, mm-hmm. so they wanted to make sure that they had it in stock. Yeah. Um, but I still have half a box of Conspiracy that I need to crack. Yeah. Well, let's get let you get to that. Let's get to it. Yeah. you got to come uh, over and draft with me, buddy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. Um, all right, so what kind of indications do you think we have here from this meta? I mean, we can talk about redo, redo deck in a second, but um, do you think that we're going to see kind of the rise of Saltai Delver here? Do you think that Reduke's uh, four true name nemesis in the main is going to be the new thing? What do you think is going on here? Yeah, I mean, I think there's two different directions Bug is being pulled in right now. Um, Leovold definitely is pulling it towards kind of a little bit of a higher curve, so Reed's version is much more mana-intensive. It's running Leovold, True Name, Jace, and it's running, you know, four Noble Hierarch, four Deathrite Shaman to power that out quickly. But we're also about to have uh, Fatal Push um, brought into the meta, and Fatal Push, while also good in Reed Duke's, you know, higher curve uh, deck, that is even better in the Bug Delver list, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as many people have already said, um, the biggest problem Bug Delver had compared to the other versions of Bug is that it did not have a one-mana removal spell uh, in the form of Lightning Bolt. You know, the best it kind of had was, like, Disfigure or Dismember, and those don't really fit the bill. Whereas Fatal Push is exactly what Bug Delver needed to kind of bring it up in league uh, with the other Delver decks. So I think we're going to see a whole lot of Bug, uh, but I think it's probably going to be split down the middle between the higher curve Bugs running Planeswalkers and 3-drops, and then the lower curve uh, Bug builds that are focused on like uh, Delver of Secrets. Man, I really feel like... Um, so one of the one of the areas where um, Miracle seems to have a problem using their countertop is in the three drop slot, if I'm not mistaken. That seems oh, to be yeah. where they're 
weakest. So I think that what Reduke's trying to really do here is take advantage of that um, by a significant... And I think that's really what he was kind of playing on with his deck, and True Name is just great against a lot of the creature decks like Eldrazi. Um, and, you know, Jace is just a, a powerful, like, endgame kind of card if you're going long against another control deck. Um, and he's got, like, this cool, like, one-mana ramp strategy. He's got the one-of Tarmogoyf. Um, I, th- I think this deck is very strong. Um, I think the Sylvan Library is fantastic. So I'm, I'm really curious to see kind of where this deck goes. Yeah, what I was also interested in is, because it's not out yet, uh, Fatal Push. He was running a one-of Murderous Cut. Uh, and I think that murderous cut easily turns into a fatal push. Um, once that once fatal push becomes legacy legal, uh, but I'd be interested to see kind of where else he might make room for it uh, because the deck list is very tight. Like it's only running mm. two two ponder because it doesn't have room to run the other two. Right. Yeah. Well, he's he's running the two thought seas, three abrupt decays in the main. He's actually shaved. He's gone down to only three days. Um, he's got the the Jite in the in the main board as well, mm-hmm. and I'm curious if that's just because uh, like um uh, just against like Delver decks. Um, I, I mean, Jit on True Name Nemesis is disgusting. Like right. Facing as a creature deck facing down a True Name Nemesis is already scary enough. When they throw mm-hmm. a Jit on it, it's pretty much game over. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh this deck is sweet. I'm really excited. And, and what I loved about it too is that he it was a very much a called shot, right? Like he spent weeks um going up to the GP, testing it online, making articles about it, having videos about the deck. So he definitely wasn't holding anything back with it. It was really cool to see that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So yeah, definitely a uh, awesome innovation that that came out of the GP. Uh, unfortunately, it's rather expensive. Not only did he win the GP, he's also the second most expensive deck in the top 32, clocking, <laughs> clocking in at $3,461. For, uh, yeah, that's not cheap. Not a cheap deck. In fact, the only thing that was more expensive was the other Bug Delver list, which was 3642 <laughs> And I think the only reason why that one was more expensive is it was running a playset of Tarmogoyfs. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Bug... Oh, no, that was oh yeah, that was a four the four color mid range deck you're talking about the Noah Walker deck. No, Michael Majors the the, oh, bu- okay. the bug. <laughs> are you <laughs> this is this is the same one you called Rug Delver? Is there like an illusion on it that you... <laughs> no the, 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 the four color mid range deck? Sorry, there was one that's thirty eight hundred dollars that uh, Noah Walker played. That's in twenty seventh. Oh, in twenty seventh. Oh yes, you're right. I missed that one. So. Still, still a, a pricey deck, so not a begin, not a deck to just go into the format with. And I expect like a deck that's not the easiest to play. Um, yeah, fairly difficult. So it, I don't think the popularity is going to make it any cheaper either. Mm. <laughs> oh no, for sure. And like, there's such a strain right now on Leovold. Um, and True Name Nemesis seems to be getting a little bit tighter as well, so we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, apparently True Name Nemesis exploded on Magic Online. It's like a yeah, fifty-seven dollar card now. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. So prices definitely going through the roof on what was already a pretty expensive deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so going to be pretty difficult for newer players to to get into those those decks. So can I tell you what I like about this deck so much? Like looking more at the main board, like just the utility of Deathrite Shaman is so nice against the push of like Black Red Reanimator that we've seen. Because a turn one Deathrite Shaman on the play for this deck seems really good against Black Red Reanimator mm-hmm. because the chances of them entombing. Two creatures in a turn are, are are much more difficult for them to do, just because they're so constrained constrained on mana. Well, it's better against the more classic reanimator builds than the black red builds, just because uh, Deathrite Shaman doesn't have haste. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. On the play, a turn one death ray shaman on the play is 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 very it's good. good. It's good, but black red reanimator. It's pretty common for them to turn one a uh, creature mm. into play. Mm. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like death ray shaman is one of the best turn one plays this deck can make against the reanimator deck. But uh, I'm just saying, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Well, the other thing too that he runs is the Leovold. So if he runs turn one death ray shaman and isn't able to. Um, hold off the Black Red Raider, if he's able to turn to Leovold at that point, well then, Grizzlebrand looks a lot worse when it's just a 7-7 lifelink flying. I mean, it's, it's not it. terrible. <laughs> it's, it's not bad. Yeah. I mean, he's also running, he, but remember, he's running three Jays to bounce the creature back true, in the true, hand. True, like, true, true, he's, true. He's running a lot of, a lot of cards here. The, the Thought Seize is not bad. Um, yeah, he's not, he's, not, he's not dead to rights. Yeah, of course not. And he's running plenty of... Uh, he's running four Force of Will, three days, so he's got permission as well. I just think... I just, you know... I, Seeing the Death Ray Shaman just kind of sparked my interest in the uh, the matchup against the Black Red Reanimator re- re- that we've seen come along. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the strengths of the deck. It has game against pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the top cards in the, four, in the uh, GP on day two, obviously Brainstorm was number one with almost 90% in decks. So almost 90% of decks were running copies of Brainstorm. Uh, 112 copies in the top 32. Which is insane. That's a lot of brainstorms. That's a lot of brainstorm. Uh, Force of Will and Ponder, both in that same range as well. Um, days coming in fourth. And then we finally see our first non-blue card at fifth. Um, but yeah, so top, I mean, we are seeing a lot of brainstorm out there. A lot of blue decks in general. So, um, you know, it kind of brings up our next point. Uh, what do you think about the no changes to the ban and restricted announcement? Now, we missed that the last episode. We didn't get a chance to really talk about that too much. But there were no changes uh, this last BNR update. So... How did, that was after three standard cards getting banned and two modern cards getting banned. <laughs> no changes. No changes in legacy. legacy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not exactly happy, but I'm also not surprised. As I forget who mentioned it, but someone said uh, that the banned and restricted list was a wizard's case study on how long players would play legacy without going crazy against <laughs> countertop. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think it's just kind of telling that Wizards thinks the Legacy meta is pretty healthy, which I agree. I mean, looking at this top 32 deck list, I don't see a broken format. Um, you know, mo- it, we had seven different decks in top eight. Uh, that's really good. Uh, and it looks like at least 20 different decks in the top 32. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't really see any dominating strategies. Uh, but a lot of people were chattering, especially after these results came out, that, well, we don't see a dominating deck, we definitely see dominating cards. There are cards, aka Brainstorm, Force of Will, and Ponder, which go into close to 90% of decks in the meta. Right. Which some people, uh, you know, think think is kind of a problem. They'd like to see a bit more variety in, in the format. Yeah, uh, kind of kind of crazy. Uh, Jonathan Alexander kind of talked about his ideas of bans in the format because um, he he's talked a lot to uh, like it's Julian on Twitter and and uh, uh, Rodrigo Tagores, who's a, an ant pilot um, talking about what he thinks uh, should be banned in in Legacy. Did you happen to get a chance to look at that, Jerry? I know someone had shared it on the Facebook page and it started an interesting discussion. It did. I didn't get a chance to read it because unfortunately I just live at work these days. But uh, <laughs> I did see that article come out and I did see that it, would, it sparked quite a bit of controversy, but I haven't been able to dive into it. But basically what he was um, advocating for was banning a few cards. Um, he felt that Miracles uh, you know, was fine with Sensei's top, 
but he felt that monastery mentor should be should be banned and that was not that he thought it was too powerful um that it gives miracles a way to steal games in the way that the deck should not be able to which i thought was interesting um but it <laughs> yeah. seemed kind of strange because they also play <laughs> treat the angels and like i think in treat the angels may just be a, i mean not better than than mentor but it seems to certainly fill the role just just as fine yeah i don't really understand the logic behind that because it's not like it doesn't it's not like it's relying on jace ults to win um, right i also know a lot of uh uh, Miracles players, uh, Lawrence in particular on the group, thought that that was a ridiculous because it's, you know, everyone complains about Miracles because it's such a long, grindy deck that goes to time, so why don't we ban the the card that ends the game quickly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like, that does not seem like the answer to the problem. Yeah, it was kind of a, a weird a weird statement, but I'll, I'll give him that, you know, that that is... So that's where he's at with that. I mean, um, I can definitely see it as an option if M- Mentor Miracle starts dominating the meta and starts getting, you know, 20% of the win rate. But we're not seeing that. Even even when Miracles wins, it's not necessarily the Mentor version that wins. There's still Legends uh, Miracles, which puts up decent results. It's not as common as Mentor Miracles, but it's not like banning Mentor would just put a serious nerf into Miracles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he also advocates banning Gataxian Probe, which isn't something I could actually see being reasonable in Legacy. Um, but at the same time, it also kind of creates this nice little sub-game for some of the underpowered decks. Um, mm. Decks like Blue Red Delver, it, it does really well with Gataxian Probe. Uh, decks like uh, Infect neat, like, do well with Gataxian Probe. Um, decks like Storm uh, do well with Gataxian Probe as well. Um I think that I don't see the need to ban Gitaxian Probe because it's gonna, again, it's not in any of the decks that are I consider broken in the format or too powerful in the format. Mm-hmm. Um, I I find it really interesting the argument around Gitaxian Probe. We saw this a lot in the modern community because Gitaxian Probe just got the axe in modern. Um, but I feel there's a lot, there's many different camps of both support and antagonist to Gitaxian Probe, because there are people who, you know, Gitaxian Probe is one of the skill testers of the game, which I don't really understand that point of view, because I feel not having Gitaxian Probe is more of a skill t- tester. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, Gitaxian Probe, you just get to look at your opponent's hand, whereas, <laughs> right. and, uh, and under any other circumstance, you kind of have to take the... Uh, you know, time to analyze the situation and figure out what is my opponent most likely to have. Right, right. Um, I mean, he, he does recommend that, you know, that, that is, those are the only two cards that he thinks should be banned in Legacy. Um, he goes on a little bit longer of a tangent on some of these other cards, like fixing Deathrite Shaman, banning Chalice of the Void, which I think are both, I can understand Deathrite Shaman is, as a 1-2 is kind of crazy. He thinks it should be like an, an 0-1 or an 0-2 or a 1-1. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see that argument, I suppose, but um, I still think like Deathrite Shaman just dies to bolt, dies to any of the removal in the format. So, um, I mean, I can definitely see it being very frustrating. Uh, I've been trying out the Thing in the Ice build with Young Pyromancer instead of Thing, thing in the Ice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I know is less spicy, but I'm trying to see if it's better. <laughs> and one of the most annoying things is my opponent having a Deathrite Shaman, because you can't attack with a uh, Young Pyromancer. Uh, the Young Pyromancer dies. Uh, you can't attack with your tokens, because the tokens all die. Um, you know, you can't attack with Unflipped Delvers. You can't af- attack with uh, Dark Confidant. There's just a, a lot of cards in the format that you want to get aggressive with, and you can't because they, you have this Mana Ramp spell that can also kill creatures. Like, if that was yep. a Noble Hierarch, it'd be no problem. 
Right. I do see what he's saying. It's like, why the hell is Noble Hierarch a zero one and Deathrite Shaman is a one two? Yeah. Um, I think the ban of the Chalice of the Void was just funny because Chalice is such. It seems like such a non-player in, in the format. Um, I mean, they, you do see an Eldrazi stopping Agrolome. Um, I don't. I don't really see how that's even worth talking about. Um, uh, I mean, Chalice of the Void pops up more often than you'd expect. Um, it's it's definitely a very powerful hate piece that puts a stopper on a lot of strategies. Mm-hmm. I think without Chalice of the Void as an option, at least. Uh, we go back to seeing a lot more Delver decks, a lot more one-drop decks. Sure, yeah. I just don't think that ch- that Chalice decks are that prevalent in the meta in general. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I think it's it's a format-shaping def- card, whether Chalice is in the meta and whether Chalice is out of the meta, uh, would do a lot to ha- showing you know what type of decks do well. Right. Because even if it's not placing in the top 8s or top 16s, those early round decks running Chalice of the Void, shutting down a couple of the uh, Delver decks or the other one-drop decks, uh, you know, prevents you from seeing that surge of one-drop decks in, in the top 8 and top 16. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of important just to realize just kind of what goes on at the lower levels that, that trickles up to the to the top 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I think was kind of interesting, and something that we had talked about uh, a little bit before the call, um, was a different ban, right? Like, leave Mentor, leave Probe, those aren't really a, a real problem here. But when you look at the meta, you look at what decks are what decks are being played and what cards are being played, the, the card that really sticks out here is the 112 copies of Brainstorm in the top 32 decks, um, getting a, a, a penetration of into 87.5% of the decks that were played on day two. Or, I'm sorry, in the in the top 32. Um, so Brainstorm, as we all know, is probably, I think, the best card in Legacy. Um, it fixes bad hands. It allows you to shuffle away bad cards. It allows you to hide cards from Cabal Therapies or Thought Seizes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see Brainstorm, I can see a case being made to ban Brainstorm. And also, don't forget... Wizards has just essentially doubled the amount of ban and restricted updates they can make per year. I think they're up to either six or eight. Um, so banning a you know banning a card in the legacy format, you're talking about two to three months of having that card out of the format, which they can more than more than happy to take back if they need to mm-hmm. um, after a few months of trying the format out. And it's nice that Brainstorm also isn't a card like Force of Will that's regularly fifty to sixty dollars. You're banning literally. I mean, for the most part, the, the copies are are pennies. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you're playing like. Um, Japanese foil brainstorms like Jerry does. Uh, for the most part, they're all they're pretty cheap. I would weep. Late, <laughs> uh, late. So, what do you think about this, Jerry? Do you think that that brainstorm is a is a ban worthy card in the legacy format? Oh man, this is such a loaded question. Um, uh, we have plenty of time to talk about it, my friend. That's why we're bringing it up now. Uh, like on paper, yes. I mean, if you look at the criteria. Uh, that Wizards looks at when they come out and they say, you know, these are the reasons why we're banning these cards. Brainstorm kind of fits the bill. You know, 87% of decks ran Brainstorm. It was the most played spell uh, spell in the tournament. And just literally everyone's playing it. If if there was a deck, if there was a deck with 87% uh, saturation in the meta, it would get an overnight emergency ban. <laughs> if if you know close to ninety percent of people were playing the same deck, um, I can see all the arguments why brainstorm ban would be good. It would open up deck diversity. Even if you wanted to play blue, you wouldn't be forced to 
auto-include four copies of Brainstorm. That's four slots that you can play a more interesting, spicier card in. Um, it also compels people to not have to play blue. Uh, a lot of people don't want to play blue, but they feel that they have to because Brainstorm just is that powerful. Being able to draw cards and put cards back and shuffle them away is just an ability that no other combination of colors has access to. Or if they do, not in an efficient way that is competitive in, in the Legacy meta. So I can definitely see... A legacy meta without Brainstorm being more interesting, uh, more compelling to play. But at the same time, I also feel that taking away Brainstorm is like taking away the heart and soul of Legacy. It's, you know, what people associate <laughs> with Legacy. You can't even play yeah. four Brainstorm in Vintage. <laughs> uh, so I, I just, I don't know. Like, it's it's so ingrained in the format, I feel a lot of people would just lose faith in the format if Brainstorm left. Um, I like that you brought up that, you know, Wizards doubled their uh, amount of ban and restricted lists because I would like Wizards to come out and just say, hey, we're banning Brainstorm until the next ban and restricted list, uh, and then we're unbanning it, just so people don't freak out. And maybe we could get, like, a rotation schedule where every six months Brainstorm is banned and then unbanned. <laughs> maybe that would be fun and interesting. Who knows? It's, it's you know, I ran a... Um, I ran a, a... <laughs> A biased poll uh, on my Twitter a few days ago. <laughs> I got almost 90 votes. Um, and, I, you know, I asked the question, how do you feel about the overall legacy meta? Um, about 40% voted that they, they thought it was pretty balanced currently. Um, only 10% thought the Brainstorm was too overpowered. Um, Miracles, about 30% considered it still a problem. And then 20% gave the obligatory joke answer. I put that in there because I knew people were going to pick that anyway. <laughs> um, so kind of taking out that 20% of votes here. Um, actually, well, uh, one of my friends, Emma Handy, had mentioned uh, uh, something that I thought was very interesting and kind of, I think, exactly kind of in, in line with what you said, Jerry, is that Brainstorm's overpowered, but it provides an identity to the format that people aren't willing to let go of, so it's not bannable. And do you, you kind of feel like that's sort of where you're at with the card? Yeah, that's a beautiful way to sum it up. Uh, it's just, yes, yeah. it's bannable, but we shouldn't ban it. Right. Um, I think, I mean, we still have, we could still have Ponder in the format. Uh, we still have ways to fix your hand there. Mm -hmm. um, I just feel like, I mean, I would be, I'd be willing to try the legacy format without without brainstorm to see what it kind of shaped up like. I don't yeah. think it would kill any. I don't think it would kill any decks. I think it would just allow alleviate some of the pressure from the the blue decks on the mm -hmm. format and allow some of the other decks to kind of rise up a little bit here. Right, which is kind of why the biggest, the strongest point I see with banning brainstorm is that we get to see these other non-blue decks breathe a bit, which I think <laughs> would be great to see. Uh, oh. Because I think that's also how you get new decks. Um, th that said, you know, without Brainstorm, do some decks just get ridiculously overpowered? Like, does Black Red Reanimator become the best deck in the world? Um, um, that's a possibility. It's already pretty good, and if you take away blue players' ability to find an answer when they need it, um, that might be a push that's a little bit over the edge for the deck. I think there's enough <laughs> graveyard hate in the format uh, with decks like Eldrazi that would benefit from a, a brainstorm ban. Um, like they run four leyline of the void in the uh, in the sideboard. So I think there's enough. I think there's enough out there to to keep black red reanimator down. I don't think that brainstorm decks are holding that deck down necessarily, but we'll see. You never know. I mean, it would have to be another blue card, right? That that would replace brainstorm. So what's the next blue card that goes in it? Would it be something like... Um, People start running Sleight of Hand? 
What's that one that's like draw a card, scry two, that they play in modern? Uh, preordain. I think preordain. Pre. So, I think it's telling. So when you look at the the combo decks that run multiple cantrips beyond ponder and brainstorm, uh, Gitaxian probe and preordain are always the first choices. Um, so I think either depending on the deck, either Gitaxian probe or preordain would quickly move in to fill the brainstorm slot. Yeah, I think you want a blue card because any deck that's running Brainstorm is also running Force of Will. Mm-hmm. And you need, the, you need the concentration of blue cards to be able to pitch to Force. So right. I think Preordain is probably the next one that would be up there. Right. And I think that's why a lot of the Brainstorm players don't want a Brainstorm ban. Because if you ban Brainstorm, you don't really kill any deck. You just kind of make it a little bit worse. And it just kind of feels bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, uh, instead of these Brainstorms, I get these preordains i guess these are okay (laughs) i know it's like the magic equivalent of first world problem like what's beyond first world problem like magic (laughs) magic world problem sure (laughs) like you have no right to complain about you know you have to use preordain instead of brainstorm modern (laughs) modern players would kill for a preordain um but i yeah i just it 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 would not feel great sure (laughs) yeah that's fair um, yeah, that's Scry... Oh, Scry 2, then draw a card, I'm sorry. Right, compared to Serum Visions, which is draw a card, and then Scry 2. Okay, that's... So Serum Visions is what they play in, in Modern, Preordain is banned in Modern, correct? Right, yep, exactly. Okay. Which is kind of a cool divide for the Modern ban list, you know. Preordain's too good, but Serum Visions is just right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, I would be willing to play the format without Brainstorm for a few months to see what happens. I think it'd be kind of cool. I mean, we yeah. don't have, like, a GPs every month or whatever, so... The meta shifting is pretty slow, so you might not even see that much change in a month, but in mm. a month or two. But I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, I'm just afraid, and what a lot of people would probably be afraid of is if they ban brainstorm, it's never going to be unbanned. Mm. Uh, you know, people forget that while rare wizards does take things off the ban list. But uh, I think if Wizards came out and specifically said, hey, this is a trial run, we're just going to see if the format's better or worse off without Brainstorm, and we'll look at it again in three months. Yeah. And I think people would feel a lot better about that. Sure. Yeah. I think it would be, I just think it would be neat. I think the, like, the decks like, that are running Brainstorm would just find another card to run and would just be a little bit less insane at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be interesting if Legacy factors off into a civil war, and you just have like, because <laughs> I guarantee you, if you ban Brainstorm, there would be diehard Legacy players who would continue to play Legacy as if Brainstorm was legal. <laughs> you, like they would be like, all right, we're we're just have, taking we're game having, loss after yeah. game loss after game. Loss. Well, no, I mean they wouldn't do it in in competitive tournaments, <laughs> but it's like when you're when they're testing and just playing with friends, you know, they're like, all right, fine, I'm not going to F and M Legacy, and that's that's what I'm actually really afraid of is if they ban Brainstorm, it would cause a lot of the Legacy regulars to stop playing Legacy, which is bad for the Legacy format. Of course, on yeah. That level. Do, you, do you think that they would that the Legacy players would have enough foresight to say, hey? Maybe this is actually good for the format that I love. I mean, they're human beings, and human <laughs> beings do not have foresight in any degree. <laughs> so no, no, fair, <laughs> I don't see them fair. having that foresight. Fair. Well, I think I think it's I think it's worth worth talking about. I think it's a, a card that I wouldn't mind seeing banned, even for a short time, to see what would happen in the format. So. Mm-hmm. I'd like to enter like a no brainstorm tournament. Could we have those? They're just like <laughs> this is like the new front like frontier of legacy. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I mean, Modern had those, like, no-ban-list Modern tournaments for a while. Which were very popular, apparently. Yeah, because, go figure, people hate the shitty format because you banned all their favorite cards, Wizards. <laughs> right, right. Make the format OP. Make it crazy. People yeah. love that shit. That's what people want to do. Yep. You know who doesn't, you know who doesn't like that? Uh, Pro new, players. Pro new, players do not like those kind of formats. Yeah, and uh, new players, which is why Wizards did it. <laughs> sure, sure. New players don't like it. But new players aren't playing modern. Like, no one comes into Magic and oh, starts man. playing modern right I now. I opened a can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody starts off playing starts off playing fucking modern or legacy or anything. No one starts playing that. I'm sorry. Pat, they Pat. start playing, like, fucking Commander, Kitchen Table, FNMs. And they move into other formats, you know. Pat just broke his desk over his knee. He's so angry. <laughs> it's, just tr- it's true, though, right? Like, no, one, no one starts off in Legacy. I'm sorry, they just don't. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. Anyways. Um, I think what's fun to uh, look at is... Did you notice the top creatures of Legacy? I think this is kind of a fun uh, <laughs> pageant show of Legacy's best and brightest <laughs> creatures. <laughs> this, this is like these are all the cards I love here. I know, right? <laughs> these are great. So coming in at number one, most popular well, like, card. Can we, can we just before we even go into it, can we just say how even like these like yeah. the creature the creature like uh, count is so much more even than the spell count is. Right, which I think is telling because Wizards has been focusing on creatures for the last ten years. It's telling that the creature power level across colors and you know casting costs and everything is a lot more equal than the spells this is what happens when you don't uh when wizards doesn't give us as powerful spells as they have in the past and, as we keep playing with the same spells over and over again and they're, they're not even all monocolored either there's a there's a three color card in the top 10 yeah exactly so let's let's go down the top 10 because this is interesting yeah so number one we got death right shaman more popular than delver of secrets by eight eight cards so 48 copies of Deathrite Shaman, only 40 copies of Delver's Secrets in the second place. And I think it's telling, you know, Deathrite Shaman's the more versatile creature. Deathrite Shaman goes in Bug Delver. It also goes in the Big Bug, Del- uh, Big Bug Leovold True Name decks. It goes into Grixis. Deathrite Shaman's just kind of an all-around powerhouse, and it's just so flexible. Oh, yeah. Uh, number two, we mentioned, you know, Delver of Secrets, probably the best aggressive one-drop in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's no surprise that it, that's still there. Delver of Secrets is actually a card that I think should never have been printed as blue. I think Delver of Secrets would have been much more fair as, like, a green or white card. I don't know. I think the flavor of Delver of Secrets is so on point with blue. Right, which is why they made it blue. I just think from, you know, if you just change that flavor around, make it into, like, a bird that learns how to fly. <laughs> it's like a 1-1 one, one baby bird, and then it flips into a regular bird. I don't know. I'm not a flavor guy here. <laughs> I'm just saying, you can change the flavor pretty easily. I just think it it kind of screwed with the color pie even more by having Delver's Secrets as blue. But Speaking of flavor, number three is all flavor. All flavor. Big Daddy, Grizzle Beezy. <laughs> Avacyn emerged from the broken hell vault, but her freedom came at a price. Him. <laughs> this summer. <laughs> Big Daddy Grizzlebrand. Number, number three. three. Yep, still the best combo-rific card to cheat into play. In 25% of decks as well, in day two. Really? Or on the, I'm sorry, in the top 32. Yeah, the top 32, but like, what else is running it? Oh, I guess all the Sneak and Show lists definitely pushed it over the top. Sneak and Show, Black Red Reanimator, Blue Red Reanimator. Yeah. 
Yeah, there was just a lot of Sneak and Show. Man, I should. There was a lot of Sneak and Show. I should have played Sneak and Show. Oh, I had to stick to my guns. God, why, why do I have to? Why did, why did, Jerry, you did a great thing. You took one for the team. You brought a new <laughs> list, a fairly untested list, into a GP. And uh, you you you, rattle, you start off three and zero, man, and then you crash and burn, but that's okay. I hate having morals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number four, good old Snappies himself, Snapcaster Mage. Yeah, which I actually like, cause I noticed probably in the last year or two, Snapcaster Mage has kind of ticked down a bit. Um, mm. A little while ago, especially when Eldrazi was super popular, uh, Snapcaster Mage is almost always flashing back a one drop. And when you can't actually cast those one drops because there's a million Chalice of the Voids and counterbalances floating around, uh, Snapcaster Mage kind of fell off a bit. So I'm glad to see him uh, back in the top ranks. Definitely. Uh, you know what's interesting, too, is that a lot of these cards are blue. <laughs> Even the creatures are blue. Uh, Vandalian Click in, four, in five. Yeah. L- less so, but yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Hey, blue, blue's good. Why you got to beat up on blue? <laughs> oh, I'm not being number one. I'm just saying it's interesting, you know. It is. It is. I mean, there's more. There's more diversity than the spells, but uh, still favoring the blue. Uh, yeah, because number five, Vendillion Click, which is also just a great, great creature. Uh, attacks the combo matchups and it's aggressive. I think Vendillion Click is actually probably my favorite creature in the in combo matchups. Because it just comes into play and disrupts your opponent ha- opponent's hand, and then starts beating for three, which is like just yeah. having an auto flip Delver of Secrets. Yep. And it has flash, so you can just do it end of turn if you need to leave the mana up to stop a combo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sweet. So, yep. Uh, next, we got another another combo rific uh, monster, Emmercool, <laughs> the Aeon's Torn. Yep. Uh, with twenty three compared to twenty nine Grizzlebrand, so. Definitely the fact that Emrakul can't be reanimated is a reason why Grizzlebrand sees a bit more play as well. Right. Up next. Uh, yep. So the other card we were talking about that had a pretty good showing, uh, True Nemesis coming in 7th in 21.8% of decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still like Vendang Click a bit better, but I can definitely see why these decks are running so many True Name Nemesis when they can power them out on turn 2. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tarmogoyf coming in 8th. Uh, in in nineteen percent of decks, just under nineteen percent. Yeah, Targaryen's kind of slipped a bit. I I not too long ago it would be probably in the top three most played creatures in the format. Yeah. Um, when I first started playing Legacy uh, almost two years ago, that was the creature I was most scared of. My first day playing Burn, I was like, oh my god, Tarmogoyf is so crazy. It's such an insane creature. And like, really, <laughs> in like Burn, it's like, nah, it's like whatever. Tarmogoyf is fine, I guess. I mean, Tarmogoyf is so a, many creatures. It's a vanilla creature. Tarmogoyf doesn't do anything. <laughs> like, look at every other creature on this deck. The only other thing that comes close is Delver of Secrets, as yeah. everything else does something. Like, if, if Tarmogoyf had Trample or some kind of evasion, um, it'd be really scary. But as it is, like, it's it's I think it's overpriced for what it is, man. I really do. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even draw seven cards. <laughs> no, it doesn't draw seven. It draws no cards. It draws no cards. <laughs> even- Although it does have pretty good flavor text. It does. It does. <laughs> uh, coming in ninth, uh, strictly on the amount of miracles decks in the top in the top thirty two is a uh, monastery mentor with fifteen percent, fifteen point six percent in the uh, top thirty two decks here. Mm-hmm. I'd actually be interested to see miracles banned to see what other what other things people would play monastery mentor in. I think monastery mentor is an awesome card, and I try and jam it in so many different decks, and I'm just surprised no one else really puts Monastery Mentor in anything. It's got to be, like, in a deck that's casting a lot of free spells and one-drops, right? Like, something yeah. with, like, 
Lotus Petals, Chrome Mox, I mean, something like that. I mean, it's hard being white. Like, the only other deck that runs white besides Miracles is Death and Taxes, and yeah. Death and Taxes doesn't really play any spells because they have such a high creature count. Right. Um. So, that's, yeah. Actually, looking at the top eight, there is not a lot of white represented. I mean, you have Death and Taxes, which is only white. Right, but... And you have Miracles, which has a, a large amount of white in it. Yeah, but even, like, like green, you have green in Infect, you have green in Rug Delver, you have green... Yeah, it's in Grixis, it's in Sultai. Yeah, it's in Turbo Depths. You know, red is in Sneakacho. I, I feel white is probably the most underrepresented color in Legacy, and I think I may have just realized that right now. Well, I mean, I suppose it is, but it's in also it's also in the most popular deck in the format, so it's, that's, it's not it's not like it's not out there. Right, that's probably why like it's not as recognizable as that we still see white all the time because we see miracles all the time. Right, but uh, right. yeah, I'd just be interested to see what other decks uh, Monastery Mentor could go in. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, finally, coming in number ten, uh, the Man of the Hour, the uh, the most expensive creature on this list, maybe besides. Besides uh, 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 Tarmogoyf, is uh, Leovold, Emissary of Tress. Oh, yeah. It is breaking into the top ten on its very first GP ex- uh, experience. Pretty awesome. Uh, in 16 copies in the top 32 decks. So it wasn't, like, not at all, like, a crazy amount, right? Right, right. Not crazy. It averaged... A lot more Death Point- Shamans, a lot more Delver of Secrets in the, in the top 32 decks. Yeah, half a copy per deck. Yeah. So, not that much, but the... Amount like when it first came out, everyone kind of thought of it as like a one, maybe two of. And I was seeing decks running like three, even a full playset of Leovolds. Man, I don't know if that's something you want a playset of, just because it's legendary. It is, I know, and that's why I'm just like, really, guys. But I. But maybe it's just such like a target for Bolt that you don't care. Yeah, it is so good. Uh, and I mean, at worst case, it just sits in your hand and you can pitch it to Force of Will. Yeah, that's true. But I think three is probably the right number. Uh, if I wanted to run it, I would pro- I would probably be running three, but it would also probably be the first card I would cut down to two if I needed to make room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's a house and pretty much wins games when it is in play and unanswered. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty insane card. I was actually I've been kind of toying around with uh, moving some of my Magic Online uh, uh, cards that I have. I've already. I got rid of all of Black Red Reanimator because I just felt like that deck wasn't for me. And uh, <laughs> right in time for it to spike. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, I made money on all the cards that I had purchased on Magic Online, so I didn't really care. That was fine. Um, but I did get uh, a couple copies of Blood Moon, but I was considering putting together Miracles online just to try the deck. Um, but I don't know if I, I don't know if I can stoop that low, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Is maybe this, I'll do an emissary. Maybe I'll do a, a bug deck with Leovold. Yeah, remember what you, when you told me I had to slap you if you ever uh, did anything crazy? <laughs> did I say that? <laughs> that sounds like something I'd say. So yeah. I'll believe you. Sure. Yeah, I mean you were you were tightrope walking on a bridge at the time, and I thought that was fine. But this is where I draw the line, Pat. <laughs> no, don't ever play miracles. Fair enough. <laughs> So, sorry, Lawrence, and all the other Miracles players out there. Oh, nothing against them. There's so, <laughs> many, there's so many of them. They don't need to be anymore, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so you're you're thinking about building Miracles next? If Maybe. You, what, Maybe. I don't know. What's what's another deck you kind of have your eye on? If you wanted to, what, what's the next deck you're putting together? Um, well, right now I'm, I've been playing a lot of uh, Blue Red Delver. 
in the uh, the Magic uh, uh, the Community Cup. I'm uh, sorry, the Community Legacy League that um, Danny runs online. Um, I really, really have been enjoying playing Blue Red Delver. I'm, I'm having a hard time going back to Eldrazi personally, just because the deck is just so linear. Like I'll I'll play it at like if I go to uh, say like that's entertainment, or if I go to um, like uh, uh, what's it called, gaming, etc., whatever, to play in like a like a nightly event, like an FNM or something. But the Blue Red Delver deck is just so much fun to play. There's so many lines. It's it's a fun aggro deck to play. Um, I don't know. It's I really miss playing Brainstorm. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say. It sounds like you miss Brainstorm. Is so what it is. <laughs> when I started playing it again on stream, I'm like, oh my god, I miss casting Brainstorm. It's such a fun time. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't know what I want to put together. I think the, this bug deck looks really sweet. It's like really expensive to put together on Magic Online. But if yeah. I could borrow some of the cards, I'd probably play that. Um, otherwise, I don't know, man. Um. Sneak and show seems pretty awesome. Um, Death and taxes seems like a lot of fun. This is there's so much out there. There's so much out there. I know. I, I have more decks that I want to play than tournaments I'm able to get to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just I need to start going to making the trek out to that center or uh, uh, yeah that's entertainment out in uh, Worcester on Sundays. Even yeah. though all I want to do is just not put pants on on Sunday. Well, I'll tell you what. You could just don't wear pants all the way there and just wear pants while you're there. And take uh... them off again. As soon as you leave, as soon as you walk out the door, just take your pants off in front of the store because it's all glass windows, so everyone will see. I was going to take my pants off once I was seated at the table because you know that my opponent can't see, but I I might get banned. (laughs) Um, So one deck that I did want to just touch on real quick before we head out of here um, was Turbo Depths coming in top thirty-two at uh, at GP Louisville, a deck that has plagued me online in that league. but a deck that is like actually pretty sweet, and a deck that I think might be fun to play. Uh, speaking of, uh, shout out to Curtis, uh, local player. He's been on Turbo Deaths forever, and he got the shaft. He was on Turbo Deaths at the GP, and he came in, th- uh, I think, like 39th on Breakers. Oh. So he oh. missed, he missed, or no, I think it was 36 on Breakers. Yeah, he missed, he missed top 32 by like a couple percentage points. Oh, that's a that's a bummer. He also insists on calling it Dank Depths, so I can't give him too much. <laughs> no, I love Dank Depths. Can we call it Dank Depths from now on? <laughs> no, it's so much Turbo is so much better. Nah, nah, Dank Depths. Um, but the deck's actually pretty cheap to put together online. Three hundred ticks online. Yeah, that is seven, super cheap. Seven forty-five in paper, so very very affordable legacy deck. Yep, and Curtis, uh, he's a bit of a visionary. He was playing Black Red Reanimator months and months and months ago. He was. He actually wrote the um, the like the breakdown on the source, so he was the first one to to do it on the uh, on the source as well. Yeah. So he wrote the what the primer? What is that? What they call? Yeah, it? the primer, primer source. That's yep. what the kids call it these days. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Kid definitely has some visions. So, yeah, I think it's not e- a bad idea to get into Turbo Deaths, especially at only $300 online. Like, I might have to do that. That's pretty cheap. Yeah. Also, I played against the other day, and I didn't know it ran not of this world. That blew me out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ is not of this world ridiculous. Yeah, it, it is pretty insane. So not of this world is... is it costs seven. It's a tribal instant Eldrazi. Counter target spell or ability that targets a permanent you control. Not of this world costs seven less if it uh, to cast if it targets a spell or ability that targets a creature you control with power seven or greater. It's not even like <laughs> it's not even that it's like uh, spells only. Like it keeps you from swords to plowsharing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the Merit Lodge. But it also was abilities. The way it blew me out was I had a Jason play. And my opponent uh, made the Merit Lodge token on on my main phase. I'm just like, that's weird. He must have like... Yeah, you knew something was up there. I'm like, he must have like misclicked because it was my second main phase he made it. <laughs> Yep. So I'm like, oh, that's weird. He probably just like messed up or something. I don't know. And I, <laughs> I had a Jason play, so I minus one Jace, and I go to bounce the Merit Lage, and he not of this world's it. And I'm like, oh fuck, that's that's a problem. I got to deal with that. Luckily, I had another Jace in hand, so yeah. I tap my four mana, play my second Jace, sack my first Jace. Go to minus one and bounce his merit laser with the second chase. And he knocked this one again! He <laughs> blew me out of the water! He made me sack my own Jace! <laughs> Just destroyed me! And then, of course, I p- it passed to his turn. He, like, drew a card and then attacked me. <laughs> 22, yeah. Like, Jesus, not of this world is pretty gross. I saw some, like, sneak and show bliss running it as a sideboard option, but. I mean, I think it's just extra good in uh, that's good that's good English right there. Extra good in uh, dank, dank depths. <laughs> dank depths. Yeah, the uh, deck is like super cheap and uh, yeah, like it's actually extremely cheap. Some of the most more expensive cards are like Elvish Spirit Guide and Lotus Petal. Elvish Spirit Guide is the most. Oh no, the Dark Depths are the most expensive. Yeah, the Petal. <laughs> yeah, the Dark Depths, of course. But Elvish Spirit Guide is the second most expensive card in the deck. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, so that's a sweet deck. I just wanted to mention that because uh, I see it a lot in the league that I play. Um, Negator is, is always big on that. And uh, I, it's good to see it in the top 32. I'm, I'm not surprised. I expected to see that there. So It feels pretty unbeatable to beat uh, or unbeatable to play against when you verse it. I can say that from firsthand knowledge. <laughs> yeah, it is very fast. And I'm curious as to why it feels like, I mean, it's been around for a while, right? Like there's nothing new in this deck really. Um, yeah, I kind of remember it being more of a blue-black leaning. The vampire, he- I mean, vampire hex mage dark depths has been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think this kind of like green-black version is fairly new. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I was talking to Evan from uh from uh Atlanta. He was saying it was known like commonly around their area as meritocracy. <laughs> meritocracy, I like that this name fucking, too. Yeah, also, they have the they have the best names down there. That is a pretty good name. I'm sorry, Curtis, that may edge out dank depths. And meritocracy is like is better than turbo depths. Yeah, dank depths is like number th- number three on the chart. No, dank depths is like number two, maybe number one. Oh but man, <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> um, all right. So, is there anything you want to uh, uh, add before we head out of here tonight, man? Well, no, I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, oh, I know last episode we said we're going to have Joe Gardner on to talk about his tinfoil hat conspiracy. <laughs> jo- <laughs> I mean, I say that like in all seriousness, like I love that that conspiracy. I, I wish it was real, but that's that's just the name that I gave it. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> it's not real, guys. <laughs> no, it's totally going to happen. <laughs> Wizards is in league with Roswell, and Mulder is going to come down and ban Brainstorm. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> but uh, Joe sadly could not make it on this week, but we are going to get him on soon, so look forward to that awesome episode in the future. Nice. Nice. All right, Jerry, let's get into some scoops, man. Scoops? It up. I'm like totally unprepared for scoops. I uh, right. I'm sure there's many people deserving of it, uh, but I don't know right now. So you go ahead, Pat. You go ahead. Oh, who am I gonna scoop in this week? Um, I'm gonna scoop in Emma Handy. She swung by my stream. 
uh, last week and was giving me some nice uh, tips on uh, Blue Red Delver, which was awesome. She's a really great streamer, a very a sweet girl. Um, she streams a lot on uh, Twitch, so you can check her out. Um, and I'm going to scoop you in, Jerry, for uh, for being a great guy and uh, thanks and man. playing playing a, a deck that you made. I'm still I'm still very proud of you for you having the gut the guts to do that, man. <laughs> To travel all the way down to Louisville and play a deck that and, you designed from the ground up is pretty and awesome. And just light seventy five dollars on seventy five dollars on fire. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> the, stories, the stories you came back from Louisville, man, sounded like it was well worth seventy five bucks. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> also, you came back with those nice blackboard duels. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe Gardner. <laughs> crazy, crazy man. Uh, he just blinds me, and he just I, all of a sudden I have less money and more cardboard. I don't know how it happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? The other thing I wanted to mention, too, um, if anyone wants my Excel spreadsheet that I made for um, recording your matchups uh, with a deck, I actually made a few different pages, and you can copy it over however many times you want, but I made um, a la Bob Wong because I saw what he did, so I kind of made it made it myself. Um, it's a spreadsheet you, in Google Docs where you can keep track of your win-loss record against certain uh, archetypes, and so I have it broken down. Um, I have like probably like a top 15 uh, decks that I see uh, in Magic Online and in paper, um, and I, I I don't know how worthwhile it is, um, but it's pretty. I mean, I like it. It's it's nice. It's easy to use. So if anyone wants it, just uh, just poke me on Facebook or Twitter, and I will uh, send you a link to my Google Doc spreadsheet. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna scoop in Aaron for bouncing ideas off of for my new article. He gave me the idea to use a uh, power artifact, which is. Hilarious. Power Artifact plus a uh, Grim Monolith or Basalt Monolith gives you infinite mana. Yep. Which is an awesome combo. So I would not have thought of that. So thanks, Aaron. <laughs> uh, we doing some die rolls? Yeah. Let's, uh, let me pull it up real quick. I noticed some uh, some new ones were added, so keep keep adding those on there, people. Yep. Yep. Um, fuck. I just lost it. All right, Jerry. You go ahead and you, uh, you roll that die, my friend. I'm I'm pulling up the, the list. I want to see. I I have the list here. Oh, okay. Okay, good. You got I got it. you. You got it. Would you like to roll the clear die or the red die? The red die. The red die? Yeah. It sealed your fate. Number nine. Mirror Mirror by Blind Guardian. Well, I don't think I know that, but maybe. Request by Ian Thatcher. Oh, Ian Thatcher. <laughs> Better be good. Better be good. Should I look at the lyrics? It looks like power metal, just looking at that album. <laughs> power metal? Right. It, it, it looks like, uh, so the album cover looks like it could be the cover of a Dungeons & Dragons book. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I already uh, like it already. 1998 Progressive Metal. Let's take a listen. <laughs> yes. Oh, I like yeah. it already. Oh, yeah. I just listened to the first four bars, and it's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Into the Dungeon. It actually sounds kind of like uh, Iron Maiden a little bit. A little bit. Is that just because you think all metal sounds like Iron Maiden? No, I, mean, I love <laughs> Iron Maiden. So I, I also love Iron Maiden. I was just, <laughs> I was just giving you a hard time. I actually was listening to Iron Maiden on stream the other night. It was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right. Good call, Ian. This is yes, some Ian, shred. I like this. I like this. This, is, this actually might be my favorite one that we've done so far. There we go. There we go. All right. All right, well, Jerry... Thanks for hanging out tonight. I hope everyone has a great Monday. Hell yeah. Play us out with some sweet, sweet power metal. Or prog metal. Sorry. Prog metal. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Prog. Prog were metal. A tog metal. 
Plays that with some <laughs> sweet Atog metal. <laughs> Well, I'm in Maryland. 